May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you heard about the new program that we've started up here at Abiding Grace called Worship at the Cross? We did, we did three trials this year, and, and we put it on our plan of ministry to, to go full out in 2023 with it. It's, well, it kind of grew out of our Friday morning Building on the Rock class. We've been doing that for probably a decade. It's a, it's a class for, for those with developmental disabilities. It, it's a great thing. And now we're adding once a month... Second Tuesday of the month at 10.30, we do a special worship service for adults with special needs. And i got to tell you, it is really cool to, to be a part of, to be sharing Jesus with people that are, are so eager to hear it. Check it out one of those Tuesdays. But this, this month, the, the service was all about Christmas. And so to start the sermon, I put a picture up on the screen of a man who was drowning. And I asked them what that man needed. And it took him a little bit, but, but they got there. He needs a lifeguard. And so I, I put the next picture up, and sure enough, the lifeguard was, was pulling the guy to safety, and they cheered. It was cool. So then I, then I put up the picture of the, the woman who was, was being robbed at gunpoint. And before I even finished the question, what, what does she need? The guy in the front row yelled out, the cops! Sure enough, next picture, cops had the bad guy, and yay, you know, the, the cheer went up. So I put up a picture of, of a person who was stuck in a burning building. They need a firefighter. Sure enough, the next picture, the, the firefighter's carrying the woman out, and, and you see the hoses and the fire trucks doing their work in the background. But then I put up the picture that I had taken the previous month at the Worship at the Cross service. I put the picture of them. And I asked, now, now what do we need? And first, they were pretty tickled to see their picture up there. They, they, they got a good laugh out of that. But when I got their attention back and asked the question again, what do we need? Nothing. They were drawing a blank. Right? No one was holding us up. The building wasn't on fire. There wasn't water anywhere. We got things handled. We're good. Is that true? We good? When's the last time you came face to face with the reality that you need a savior? I mean, you think about it. We look at our problems, and yes, we have problems in life. Of course we do. And we look at those problems, and we usually look at them and say, okay, we can do this. We can get through this, right? If I do this and this, it'll all be okay. Right? I'm a little bit overweight. That's not good for my health. But, but if I watch what I eat, and maybe I exercise a little bit more, and, and I can even get a personal trainer, well, then I'll be good. Yeah, finances are a little tight. But I can ask my boss for a raise. Or maybe I can put in some overtime. Or I can get a, a new job. Or maybe I can get some credit. Or I can cut back on expenses. Or, or, or the, the government might help. Problem solved, Right? Yeah, I'm lonely, but that special someone will come around. Maybe I can reach out online, or if I join this group, well then, you see what we do? We, we see the problem, and, and we know we can handle it. We come up with solutions. 
I mean, think about it. Did you hear what happened in that lab in California this last week? They accomplished nuclear fusion, the potential for limitless energy. Do you know what this means? Well, first of all, it means that Doc Brown in Back to the Future won't have to harness the lightning in order to power his flux capacitor. But more than that, they say it could cure climate change, reduce all dependence on fossil fuels, and, and, and one problem after another will be solved. Yeah, it'll take decades before they are able to, to make it useful, and, and there's probably several hurdles and obstacles in the way of all of that. But, but you see what we do? We can do this. We can fix our problems. It's not a new attitude. I'm pretty certain that's pretty much how the people in our text, in the the Christmas gospel, were feeling back then. I mean, scan the text. They certainly had some problems, didn't they? I mean, it starts right out front. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. You see the problem there? Roman oppression. This Roman emperor, all these miles away, is giving a decree that these people of God have to obey because the Romans were in control and they didn't have say over their own land. He was just moving people around on the map like pawns on a chessboard so he could figure out how much money he could get out of them in taxation. Can you hear the internal dialogue of of the Jewish people? Oh, this is too much we got to get rid of these Romans. We have to overthrow them. And we can do it. We've done it before. We overthrew the Seleucids, you know, Judas Maccabeus, the whole Hanukkah thing. We did it. We can do it again. We'll overthrow those Romans one day. Of course, there were also some individual problems in the text, right? You've got that poor peasant couple. And they had problems, right? She was pregnant they weren't married. That was a big problem. They had to make that 90-mile journey because the Roman emperor said so. Even in her condition, that was a problem. When they got there and, and the time came for the baby to be born, they were outside. They had no place to stay. They, 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 they were poor. They, they were out there with the animals when it came time to give. That's, that's a problem. But what'd they do? They handled it. They dealt with it, right? When the time came for the baby to be born, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths. Of course she did. That's what she had. And placed him in a manger. Where else was she going to put him? There was no guest room for them. Yeah, there were plenty of problems. But they figured it out. They dealt with it. And that's pretty much how we deal with our problems too, isn't it? Yeah, we may go for help from time to time, but ultimately we figure that we can handle it. Right? You got, you got worries about your future, the, the financial retirement concerns, all of that. Well, go see a financial planner. You do what they tell you to do, and okay, it'll all be okay. You got health concern, well, you, you go see the doctor. You do what the doctor tells you to do, and okay, it's all going to be okay. We got this. You want to learn something, there's teachers for that. You need to get your rear in gear. Well, you can watch a hundred different motivational speaker clips on, on YouTube. We see problems, and we figure out a way to handle them. But I submit to you tonight that none of those things are the real problem. And none of those things are the real solution. 
Because more than any drowning person needs a lifeguard, more than any robbery victim needs a police officer, more than than any person stuck in a burning building needs a firefighter, we need a Savior. Because all of those problems and all of the pain in our life have a common cause. God created us to have a perfect relationship with him. And then by extension to have perfect relationships with one another. And I know this may sound like an oversimplification, but our sin wrecked that. Every one of your failures to be absolutely, perfectly loving and self-sacrificing. Every word that you wish you could take back and those words that you should wish that you could take back, but you don't because your pride's too great for that. Every held grudge, every, every mistake, every little white lie, every failure, every sin means that we should be separated not just from one another, but from God who is holy forever. And all of the aches and agony that, that we know in our life, those are just testament to it. When the houses are lit up with Christmas lights outside, but inside your heart is, is dark and hurting, Missing someone? When the body is, is showing the symptoms of the death that our sins brought on, right? The wages of sin is death. When the body is showing those symptoms of death with, with every ache and pain and sneeze and sore, when the anger and the anxiety and the apathy and, and the envy are, are taking turns in your heart and mind, it all says the same thing. We need a Savior. And all of the parties, and all of the gatherings, and all the good deeds don't fix the problem. We need a Savior. And today in this simple story, this pitiable story, this poor couple outside having a baby, putting it in a manger, In this simple story, God tells us, I am giving you exactly what you need. Just what you need. A Savior. And then notice how the scene quickly jumps from that dark place. So they were out with the animals, probably a cave in that part of the world. And and those, that's probably, animals were in a cave. They were, it was probably Mary, Joseph, some animal witnesses, and that baby in that dark place, and suddenly we're out in the shepherd's field, and the night sky is torn open by the glory of the Lord breaking through because God had a message he wanted to get to us. What you need is here. The Savior. Look at the announcement the angel made. Verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. A Savior. Not a lifeguard, not a police officer, not a firefighter, not a financial planner, not a doctor, not a teacher, not a motivational speaker. A Savior has been born to you. And this Savior is Christ Remember what that means? The Christ, the Messiah, that's the one that God promised. Already in the Garden of Eden, at the time of the first sin, God promised 
one who would crush, a descendant of the woman that would crush Satan's head, would destroy Satan's power over us. Any guilt you feel, the the shame, the, the regret, the fear, that's Satan messing with you. But the Christ was promised to destroy his power over you. In the Psalms, God promised that the Christ, the Messiah, would defeat death. We already talked about this. Any, any ache or pain, any weakness, any sickness, any, any, any physical problem you have, well, that's a symptom of the death that our sins brought into this world. The Christ was promised to destroy death's power, to defeat death's power over you. And that's exactly what he came to do. Because this Savior was Christ, the Lord, right? The one in charge, the one in power, God, who is able to do those things that we were not able to do, to live that perfect life that we couldn't, and to pay the price that was way too rich for our blood. That's why he came. I mean, look at the sign that the angel gave to them. Verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. <clears throat> you might expect the sign of God breaking into our world to rescue us, to be lightning blasts and thunderclaps and trumpets and timpani and shining and shimmering. But no, the sign is a little baby wrapped in some cloths and lying in an animal's feed trough. Why that sign? Because he was born for one reason. He was born to be your savior, to take your place. So he was born into all of the weakness and humility that fit our situation. God, the creator of the universe. The, the, the maker and preserver, the end-all, be-all, the, 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 the king, not just the king of the Jews, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who was pulling Caesar's strings to move nations that night for his purpose. God, unparalleled and unprecedented, the, the centerpiece of civilization, the doorway of deliverance, the gateway to glory, the highway to hope, the key of knowledge, the pathway of peace, the road of righteousness, the source of salvation, the wellspring of wisdom, God, inconceivable, invincible, incomprehensible, irresistible, God became a weak little human baby that didn't even have enough strength to lift up his head. He had to be cradled in the arms of a teenage girl and placed to rest in a manger. God did that because he came for one reason. He came to be your savior, to take your place. He wasn't just the the prince of peace. He was the price of peace. He was born to take our place and feel the pain our mistakes brought on with, with all of the fitting humility. He was born to do what we are too weak to do, obey the law. 
He was born to, to make that payment that we could never have made. He was born to die. And you see that already in the words of the angel. Right? What's the sign? A humble baby wrapped in cloths, placed in a borrowed bed. Because his whole purpose was looking forward to the day when they would take his lifeless body from the cross and wrap it in cloths and place it in a borrowed tomb. Because he was born to be exactly what you need, a savior. He was the payment needed to settle my debt and cancel my guilt and win my forgiveness. He was born to be the only hope for my eternity so that I can deal with everything that life brings along the way as I look forward to that, and so can you. And when the shepherds learned that, they had to learn more. They had to, they had to go and see this child. They, they, they had to share what they had been told about this child. Can you understand that? Do you feel that? I pray that that's exactly why you're here tonight. And I pray that that's exactly why you'll come back. To see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. To spread the word concerning what has been told us about this child. Because there in that manger is everything you need. And there in that manger is everything everyone you know needs. A Savior. Merry Christmas in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue by singing joy to the world in response to that news.
opportunity to bring our gifts of, of thanks and praise to our God in the form of our offering. And as the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. that place the stars reaching for the virgin's warm embrace word that once was spoke gathering waters cries into the night who is man that you mind the son of man that you care you placed him here Beneath angels, a son, Emmanuel. my son today I have become your father son now hear my voice go unto my chosen people No burden they'll ever bear. Will you, my son, not share? Like them in every for a king, a crown thorned with human sin and pride, ribboned with man's disdain and lies, pressed on all sides, oh, from the tempter's whispered sins, who is man that you should mind? This.
This is now my choice to walk among my fellow brothers. Wounds I won't erase, bear the sin that pulled them from your heart. No skin of mine will be saved, but for you will be slaved. Beneath the light of angelic skies, a son. Emmanuel. O gracious and almighty Father, we praise you that you kept your ancient promises by sending your everlasting Son in human flesh. On this holy night, receive our thanks and devotion, our songs and prayers. You sent Jesus as the Savior of the world to deliver all from the curse of sin, the power of death, and the torment of hell. He took our place. He was born under the law to set us free. He became the innocent lamb of sacrifice. He came to die and rise again in order that we might live eternally. Firmly implant this good news in our hearts and fill us with an eager desire to spread the word concerning what we have heard tonight. May all who hear the message in every nation under heaven be amazed and believe what is told them about this child. You sent Jesus as the light of the world to drive out all darkness that would rob us of the full life that you intend for us. May the joy that will be for all people be our joy. May the peace on earth to all on whom his favor rests be our peace. May the treasure that Mary pondered in her heart be our treasure. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to us. He is Christ the Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. At this time, we will do the of silent night. 
So you'll receive the light from the Christ candle as our acolytes bring it down the aisles. Please tilt the unlit candle toward the lit candle so we don't drip wax onto the floor. And please note also it'll be a long introduction to make sure everybody has their candles lit. So please be patient and our instrumentalist will bring up the sound really well so we know when to start singing.
Good job, Isabel. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here to share this, this special time in God's Word. Come again tomorrow morning at 10.30. We have our Christmas Day service of nine lessons and carols with, with communion. So we would love to have you back for that. Um, check out all of the